Very good morning and uh, happy Chinese New Year to all of you who are celebrating. And let's commit this time to the Lord. <clears throat> Gracious Lord, as we celebrate the New Year, we pray that you will renew your grace and presence in our lives in this coming year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As many of us know, uh, Chinese New Year is also known as the Spring Festival, where from ancient times in China, farming activities like plowing and sowing are carried out. In a sense, it's the start of a new beginning, a new planting cycle for those in agriculture. In Israel, the planting season <clears throat> actually begins in autumn, and the harvest season begins in the spring and lasts through summer. The timing of the rains in Israel, the timing of the rains in Israel is crucial for the agricultural economy. The autumn rains, uh, also known as the former rains, some of your Bible translations will put it as the former rains, uh, that's to the end of the year, are necessary to soften uh, the uh, ground baked hard during the summer. The spring rains, or the later rains, are crucial for the ripening of the barley and the grain crops before the harvest. So important were the rains that God's end-time blessing on His people came to be symbolized by these rains. In Joel chapter 2, verse 23, for example, we read, Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the autumn rains, because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. Since we are in the time of the spring festival, the words of Zechariah 10 verse 1 there is also particularly timely for us. It reads, Ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. As mentioned earlier, this last concentration of rain, it is this last uh, batch of rain, so to speak, this is the one that ripens the grain and brings the crops to maturity before the harvest. If there's no uh, spring rains, the harvest will fail. So the big idea for us then today is God's renewed blessings will bring to completion what he has planted in you. Zechariah was written to the people of God <clears throat> who returned to the promised land from exile under King Darius of Persia in 520 BC. From related books like Ezra and Haggai that covers the same time period, we find that after the initial enthusiasm of rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem, the efforts began to slow down, especially in the face of uh, opposition and threats from their enemies as well as their own distraction in pursuing their own interests and well-being. God's people had started to return from exile, but they weren't prioritizing the critical importance of rebuilding the house of worship that is central to their existence as a chosen people. Intimidation and discouragement from outsiders and selfish pursuits have displaced their focus on their spiritual inheritance. The people have been sidetracked from fully living in God's place of blessing and security that God desires for them. So Zechariah reminds the people of God 
that God is faithful to all His promises for His people. He encourages them to fully rebuild the temple and to recover spiritual holiness in their lives. And through prophetic visions, Zechariah points to an awesome and mighty God who will bring renewed blessings and a secure future for His people. And so for today, we want to look at three aspects of God's renewed blessings in our lives. First, we are renewed from the past. Second, we are renewed in the present. And third, we are renewed for the future. So first, renewed from the past. God's redemption is complete. One of our common practices in going to the new year, besides making resolutions, is to have some <clears throat> spring cleaning of our homes. We tend to accumulate things, and at most times, we easily lose track of what is already there. So spring cleaning is a good opportunity to check that we're not keeping and accumulating things that we no longer need, as well as a good reminder of what not to accumulate in the future. Spiritually, we could be accumulating things that are no longer needed or indeed could be harmful for us. Things like constant guilt over confessions, shame, bitterness, unforgiveness, and habitual sins can accumulate and poison us spiritually. Now, we must take sin very seriously in our lives. Unrepented and unconfessed sins separate us from the presence of God. Habitual and unrepented sins need to be addressed before lasting damage is done. But for everyone who turns in repentance and confession to the Lord, receives his pardon and forgiveness through the sacrificial offering of Christ on the cross on our behalf. And so this is one crucial thing that we must do if we are to pursue God's purposes and renew blessings for us as his people in the coming year. But God's mercy and grace is such that he removes the guilt and shame of the past from our lives. Having truly repented before the Lord, we should no longer live in guilt and condemnation. We will never fully enter into God's abundant life for us if we are constantly weighed down by the guilt and shame of the past. When God redeems us from the past, He fully redeems us so that we are no longer held in slavery to the past. And this is how Psalm 103 verse 12 puts it. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Also, God says in Jeremiah 31 verse 34, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. What this means is that when God forgives, He chooses not to hold our previous sins and faults against us. We can start clean with God. And that is what God's redemptive love does. God's love gives us a new start, a fresh beginning to pursue a living relationship with God. And in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 6, we see God's picture of restoration for His people Israel. I will restore them because I have compassion on them. They will be as though I had not rejected them. After all the sins and failures of the nation resulting in their rejection by God and exile into foreign lands, 
God is saying that when I restore them, it will be as though I had not rejected them. God does not redeem and forgive grudgingly, as sometimes we are prone to do. <clears throat> like, um, you know, we may have the attitude like, yeah, I, I forgive you, right? But I'm going to hold it against you. But God redeems and forgives completely. God redeems and forgives Israel as though as the previous punishment and rejection by God did not happen. They can start afresh without the shame and guilt of the past. They are now to be God's redeemed and restored people who can face their future with strength and hope. And because they are God's restored people, they can overcome their powerful enemies who once conquered and tormented them. <clears throat> in chapter 10, verse 3, we read, together they'll be like warriors in battle, trampling their enemy to, into the mud of the street. So God not only forgives his people, God strengthens them so that they can overcome their enemies who were once too powerful for them and held them in bondage and exile. <clears throat> From the Christian perspective, our struggle is not against human enemies, against flesh and blood. Our real struggle is against the dark powers and principalities that war against us. If you look at Ephesians chapter 6, for example. Our battle is against the powers of sin and death. But thanks be to God, Christ has won the victory for us through the power of the cross. We are to implement Christ's victory for us in our daily lives by overcoming sin by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. God's redemption not only saves us from the, the, the sin and the guilt of the past, it equips us to win the victory over sin and darkness in our lives through the power of the cross of Christ. And that includes any shame, guilt or trauma or um, uh, things that have happened in the past. Knowing that God renews us from our past, knowing that God renews us from the past, we must therefore take sin seriously in our lives. Now, sin is sin. No matter how small or harmless we think our secret sins are, sin is sin. Harboring sin is allowing the powers of sin and death to operate in our lives. We must bring every sin into confession and then we repent of sin. We, we turn back to the Lord. But once you have been forgiven by the Lord, do not carry the guilt, shame, and condemnation with you. The Lord says, I will remember their sins no more. And that includes your sin and mine. God releases us from our guilt and shame. Lastly, God renews you from the past by also equipping you to carry the fight to the enemy and gaining the victory over the powers of sin that once held us in bondage. We are ready to implement the victory of Christ in our lives by overcoming sin, hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness in our lives. These are things that threaten to sink us. But Christ has already won the victory for us so that we can overcome them. We live ready to experience God's victory over sin for us. And so as we start this new year, our first reflection question is, what areas of your life do you need to leave behind?
Second, we are renewed in the present. God is about to bring to completion what He has planted in us. Earlier on, we saw the importance of the spring rains to bring the barley and grain crops to maturity before the harvest. The image of God bringing rains when He restores His people in the Bible signifies His blessings on their well-being and welfare. And when God blesses His people, it is to bring them into the fullness of God's plans and purposes for them. Likewise, God is always at work in our lives and around us. We are being molded to be like Christ, to fulfill His plans and purposes in and through our lives. There are some things in our lives that God is going to bring to maturity and completion this year. As the word of the Lord to Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, I'm watching to see my word is fulfilled. God is working to fulfill his word concerning his people. In the original context of Jeremiah, the word involves both the coming judgment, but also the hope of restoration. In the face of all human disobedience, failures, hopes, repentance, God is constantly at work to bring His purposes and promises to fulfillment. And if we are truly in Christ and have been redeemed and renewed from the past, then God is truly working for the good of all of us who love Him and are called according to His purposes, in, as we see in Romans chapter 8. All that God does is for your ultimate good. And so God is watching over your life to bring to completion the things that has planted in you over the years. It might be a conviction for missions work, it might be a calling to be his representative, to be his ambassador in the business world or in music or in arts. It could be a gift of working with youth or young children. It could be a word about your life situation or family situation. Whatever God has planted in you, He is watching for His word to be fulfilled so that you can move to the next step of His calling for your life. But if you are to be honest with one another, it's not easy to have faith and courage to believe that God is working for our good when we are faced with difficult situations or challenging times. It's easy to want to believe a word of blessing over our lives, but it's far more difficult to believe God's word when things are getting tough, when circumstances are disappointing or discouraging. 
Nicky Gumbel uh, shared in one of his devotions that his pastor and mentor, Bishop Sandy Miller, used to say, no blessing goes uncontested. Meaning to say, circumstances and opposition will always rise up to challenge God's promises or word over your life. In Christ, we have the blessing of eternal life. Yet circumstances of this life will always rise up to challenge our hope and make us fearful and afraid. We have eternal life, but we find ourselves so fearful and anxious about life. If we have a word from the Lord to say, pray for someone or to help others, sometimes the situation becomes more discouraging or worse, people may respond in a wrong way. We could be misunderstood or unexpectedly get criticized or accused unfairly. Sometimes God gives us the assurance of His promise through His Word, through Scripture, only to have a voice in our mind to say, did God really say that? Did God really say that He will take care of you? Did He really? No blessing goes uncontested. And in fact, God's blessings and fulfilled promises in our lives often come through a time of trial and challenges where our faith will be tested. It's often true that God's calling or blessing comes through persevering faith. Jesus was driven to the wilderness just after receiving God's anointing at his baptism. God affirmed Jesus as the Son of God at his baptism, but right after the wilderness testing confirmed Jesus as the true Son whom God affirmed through the testing that Jesus endured. That is to say, Jesus was tested to demonstrate the true nature of sonship that God the Father desired. The wilderness testing was not there because Jesus did anything wrong. It was there precisely because Jesus would truly demonstrate what his Father declared over him. God's word over Jesus was proven through the testing in the wilderness. David Ben-Guron was the first Prime Minister of modern-day Israel when he declared the formation of the state in 1948. He was a charismatic, uh, very decisive, formidable leader who forged the newly created state into a viable country for the nation after 2,000 years without a homeland. One of his interests at that time was how the nation could develop the desert area for agriculture. Since large areas of that country is desert terrain, the ability to survive and cultivate the land in such conditions was, of course, essential. In one of his visits to the area, he noticed a group of young people trying to plant a tree in the desert. And he was so taken in by the persevering faith of these young people in believing that it was possible to plant and grow in the desert conditions. And he said to them, I never felt envy to any individual or group, but when I saw you did that, that is how I felt. Modern Israel's first prime minister felt admiration and envy for the optimistic, enduring faith of those who dare to plant in the desert and believe that growth is possible even under the harshest condition. Now, we know that it is God who causes the growth, but the farmer must have the faith to plant and wait for the growth. 
Zechariah 10 says the, temp, the time of God's renewed blessing and restoration is coming, but it will not be without struggle or challenges. There will be a fight for their future, but the Lord will be with them. Verse 5. They will pass through a sea of trouble, but it is God who will bring them back to the promised land. That's verse 11. In the midst of all of these promises as well as challenges, Zechariah points to the coming of the Messiah, the future anointed king who will carry the hopes of his people. In Zechariah chapter 10, verse 4, we read, From Judah will come the cornerstone, from him the ten pack, from him the better bow. Cornerstone uh, refers to the key foundational stone that supports the whole building. And it's a term used for the Messiah, the coming king. In the New Testament, we find references back to the Old Testament that tie the term cornerstone to Jesus as the Messiah king. The term tenpack refers to a war hook where tools and weapons can be hung. And the better bowl is, of course, an instrument of war that pointing to the all-victorious reign of the Messiah. In summary then, Zechariah is pointing to a Messiah king on whom the weight of the people's hopes and expectations will rest. That is why God's people can face every challenging trial and struggle because their ultimate hope and security is on the Messiah King, whom we know as Jesus in the New Testament. The only reason why we can look forward to this coming year in joy and hope is because our hope and security rests upon Jesus Christ alone. We are kept saved in his hands. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 28 to 29 about his disciples, I give them eternal life, and they, will sh they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And uh, Jesus goes on to say, I and my Father are one. Now, because you are safe in Christ, you can look forward to this year that God is going to bring to completion some of the things that he has planted in your life, no matter how challenging or discouraging the situation might be. And so for our second reflection question, what are areas of your life where God is presently working to bring change or breakthrough? Pray that the Lord will bring to completion what he has planted in you according to his wisdom and timing.
Third, renewed for the future. God's renewed blessings impact future generations. Now, the first thing that kids know about Chinese New Year is that on the first day, they receive a red packet, right, from their parents or elders. In our current context, we give ang paos to children as a symbol of blessing to them, especially in the context of parents imparting blessings to their children and grandchildren. The biblical worldview is also about storing and imparting blessings to future generations of families and believers in the community of faith. We often think of God's blessing in practical and immediate terms. Often that is because we have urgent and practical needs, whether it's God's provision, guidance, or healing. We need God's provision and grace on a daily basis, and there is a place for that. We are to petition the Lord's grace and intervention in a timely way. But God doesn't just bless us for the here and now, for the immediate or short-term horizon. God's scope of blessings extend to your secured future in Christ and to future generations that come after you. God's divine providence and grace in your life allows you to store up and plan for the next generation after you. Your faithful obedience and continual trust in the Lord in the present time affects not only you, but your children after you. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 28, Moses commands the people to obey God's laws and regulation, and we read, be careful to obey all the regulations I'm giving you so that it may always go well with you and your children after you because you will be doing what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord your God. It will go well with you and your children after you. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 10, as part of the Ten Commandments, where God says, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. God's heart's desire is to extend his divine grace and goodness to generations of families and believers. Our scope is not just our biological families, but our spiritual family in Christ. That how we serve the Lord faithfully in this generation impacts the next generation of believers after us. In Zechariah chapter 10, we see God's renewed blessings will also impact the next generation. The Ephraimites, which represents the northern tribes of Israel, will become like warriors, and their hearts will be glad as with wine. Their children will see it and be joyful. Their hearts will also rejoice in the Lord. When we inherit God's renewed blessings, we will also leave a spiritual legacy and blessing to our children's generation and beyond that they will see the harvest of the Lord and greatly rejoice in Him. Even as God brings to completion what He has planted in our lives this year, that harvest will enable us to plant into the next generation of believers. What God brings to completion or fruition this year will enable you to give you the ability to plant for the future harvest. Now, of course, each generation, our children and their children, they must 
each come to faith. We can't make them have faith. They have to in, be individually convicted by the Holy Spirit and respond in faith. But when we impart or share our faith and model Christ to the next generation, the spiritual ground is being prepared in their lives for the, harv for the harvest of salvation, joy, and righteousness in the Lord. So having received God's renewed blessings, sow and plant the seeds for faith, the seeds of faith for the next generation. Uh, there was a, I was um, listening to a sermon by uh, Pastor Bill Johnson, and he was sharing about how some missionaries in Africa uh, who shared a testimony with, with the church, and they said that um, the women in this region of Africa, can't remember where, when they, you know, in very harsh conditions, right? So when they get a harvest of grain and seed, uh, they have to make a painful decision how much to take that grain to eat for the present moment, how much to save, to plant for the future harvest. And so they would um, plant a portion of the seeds with tears because this is grain that they won't get to eat today. It must be planted, it must be planted for the future harvest. If they eat everything, they have no more seed for the future. And so planting for the next generation takes costly decisions on our part. It's not something that we do by the way. For example, if you're starting a family, determine beforehand to set aside time daily to worship and pray to the Lord as a family. Our children see how we live and what we say about others. So we must model Christ faithfully for the next generation. You, you could plan for the next generation by teaching church school serve in Boys Brigade or in the youth, or if you're faithfully representing Christ in the workplace, you're not just going to impact your colleagues or customers, but potentially their families and children after them. Never limit the potential of how the Holy Spirit can give, can take what you give and multiply for future generations. So starting this year, I invite you to make a determined commitment to the Lord that whatever blessings he brings into your life, you will commit to plan for the next generation of believers after you. You will take all that he has blessed you with in the coming year, whether it's health or life or connections, favor, blessing, a new ministry or career opportunities. You will take what the Lord gives you this year, plant it to the next generation. You may not know exactly how or in what manner God might use you to plan or to impact the future generations of your children or spiritual children, but you can make a commitment to the Lord right now to say, help me, Lord, to be a faithful vessel, a faithful steward of His renewed blessings, not only to rejoice for the present time when the blessing comes, but to faithfully plan for the next generation. Well, <clears throat> I guess that's a cue to end the sermon. So, uh, nobody panics. Everything's under control. But I guess it's the aircon. But let's come before the Lord.
I'd like to pray over all of us. As we come before the Lord, thank you for that. As, as we come before the Lord, I want to pray over all of us as we start this new year. I'd like to invite you, whatever is in, in, in your past that you need to set right with God, whatever in your past that is holding you back from fully living an abundant life in Christ, I invite you to bring it before the Lord and, and lay it at His feet because God redeems our past. He renews us from our past. And so I invite you to bring that before the Lord. And whatever that the Lord has planted in you, that the Lord is going to bring into completion, I ask you that you also bring it before the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you, for you are the God of salvation. You are the God who brings renewed blessings to your people. Father, you know of our past. You know everything about our past. But yet, Lord, you are a redeeming God. You save us from our past. You heal our past. You remove our sin and guilt. You remove what is not supposed to be there so that we can continue to live fully for the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that as we bring before you, O gracious God, the areas of our past that causes us fear or shame or guilt or condemnation or areas of our past that we are still living in sin, Lord, we confess it all before you and we ask that you redeem us, that you will renew us, that you will heal us by the power of the cross of Christ. Father, you have been planting into our lives. And in this coming year, we want to surrender all to you because we know there are some things that you will bring to fulfillment, you bring to completion, you will bring to maturity as you bring your spring rains into our lives and cause that harvest of righteousness and blessing. And so right now, we surrender every aspect of our lives because we know that oftentimes with the blessing will come the trial, with the blessing will come the struggle. And so Lord, we pray that you grant us a heart of faith that we will believe your word over circumstances, that we will trust in your grace when we face the struggle. But we pray that you grant us that persevering faith and obedience to follow through on what you have planted in our lives so that we can see that harvest that you will bring for us in Jesus' name. Father, we want to commit ourselves for the future generation. We pray that we'll people with the prophetic foresight to know how to plan for the future generation, for our children and their children after them. 
not only of our biological families but our spiritual family that you have entrusted to us. Father, we know that planting into the next generation will be costly. It will cost us our time. It will cost us our comfort. It will cost us the things that we want to do. But Father, we pray by faith we commit whatever blessing that you bring into our lives this year that we will use it faithfully to plant into the next generation that there will be a future harvest of righteousness, salvation, joy and blessing in the Lord Jesus Christ and so Lord, as we face this year our hearts overflow with joy and hope because you are our God you are the God that refines us you are the God that renews us you are the God that strengthens us for the future that you have prepared for us in the coming year. And so we surrender, Lord, our families, we surrender our children, we surrender our children's children and unborn generations into your gracious hand right now. And we bless your holy name. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.